And as you do, let us now turn our eyes to the Word of God this morning. Uh, doing so always gives us a lamp to our feet, uh, Scripture says, uh, which I think is very important as that light for our path is illuminated always by the Word of God, and that's key. So let us go there now, 1 John 1, 9. It says this, and if you would, please join me. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen and amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Dear Lord, we want to thank you. We want to thank you always, O God, to live with an attitude of gratitude because you have always been there for us. Even when we have faced the most egregious trials and temptations, we have no power of our own, Lord, but we do have power and strength in you. So, Lord, we must, absolutely must, as believers, as the body as a disciple of Jesus Christ, rely on you and you alone, to rely on your divine power to overcome temptation today. So, Lord, please open our eyes to see and to be able to recognize temptation and what it is and how it presents itself to us this very day. Lord, we also request in our prayer, Lord, for the power, for the absolute God-like divine power to flee from the appearance of sin at first sight, to, Lord, not stay in the moment, to not stay face-to-face with it, any more than just a split second, that we might flee from it at first sight, even if it is so enticing that it makes it difficult to flee from. Lord, guide us and direct us and protect us, Lord, from the devil himself. Lord, we uh, repent Lord, of our sin. Forgive us of our sin for when we have yielded to temptation. Lord, there is Christ, and Christ hung on that cross, and Calvary covered every sin and made us whole and free. Glory be to your name. And we ask this now and always in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, who gave us the Lord's Prayer. And church, if you would, please join me now in this prayer, sang together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Church, we are now turning to uh, the very first book of God's Word, where I believe in the book of Genesis, it has it all. It has creation, it has temptation, it has redemption. What a wonderful, wonderful book of God's Word. I think it only appropriate that we start from the very beginning. We're going to be looking at chapter 3 this morning. Uh, I, I find it interesting as we read through the book of Genesis, even uh, in the very first chapter, I, 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 I want us to take note that it really, literally, only took three chapters for sin, for temptation to enter into the, into the world, for man to yield to this temptation. Everything was going so good. Everything was going so right. And here we are in chapter 3. What I'd like to do is read verses 1 through 13. The temptation and fall of man. Listen now to this. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is it that you have done? 
And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. So, uh, church, if you would look at the the cover of your uh, bulletin uh, for a moment there, uh, the, the, the title, the theme this morning is uh, Temptation. Okay, so I, I, I want to lighten it up just for a moment. Uh, had, a, had a church member that looked at uh, the cover of the, of the bulletin this morning and saw that it was temptation and then asked me, is there going to be homework? Huh? Is there going to be homework? Uh, no, there, there is not going to be homework, but that, that, was, uh, that, that was humorous. That was funny. I, I do want us to uh, think about uh, this, biblically speaking, about temptation. I, I, I think that is very important because each and every one of us, we are not exempt from temptation. If you think about it now, if you think where we were uh, 5, 10, 15, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, there is so much more temptation out there, is there not? So we have to be very aware of it. As Scripture says, we have to be very sober-minded. We have to be very clear-minded. We, we have to know the, the temptation and where its snares are. That's why we need to be talking about it, okay? The church does not need to be silent in regards to temptation or sin. So what a wonderful place to find ourselves here in the Word of God speaking uh, about that very thing. So I want to begin this morning by uh, sharing with you uh, a statement that a preacher made. I I was listening to a Bible study on the radio, and he said something really, really profound worth mentioning uh, about temptation. So let me just share it with you. Uh, He said this, and I quote, Temptation will promise many things when we are vulnerable, like when we're hungry, when we're sick, when we're tired, when we're alone, or when you and I are wanting, completely desiring God's perfect will for our lives. Now listen to this part. When we yield, though, to temptation and sin, listen to this, those promises fall short. Did you hear that? What is promised through temptation, okay, those promises fall short. Temptation, in other words, will promise you a lot, church. It will promise you a lot, but those promises will fall short. And that's what the Word of God is getting to. So I thought, you know what, that, that is, that is, that's a powerful statement. That is a strong statement, and that will preach. So that was the inspiration behind this message this morning. Now, I want us to think about temptation in this way, and this is, this is important, okay? So just take note of this uh, in your mind. Temptation, church, will never reveal its ugliness right away. You think about it. 
the things that you and I are tempted with, what we are faced with in an everyday kind of way, temptation will never, ever reveal its ugliness right away. It will never, temptation, tell you that the promises that it offers to you will fall short right up front. Think about it. Think about it. You want to know why? Because temptation, this is important, temptation will always, church, come in the appearance of something desirable, right? Okay? Think about that. Temptation will always come in the form, in the appearance of something desirable. And why is that? Because temptation, its intention, its motivation is to always glamour you. Remember that word. Temptation is there, okay? Whether it be the world or the enemy himself, temptation will be put before you to glamour you. And what I mean by that is to glamour your eye, you see, to glamour your eye, to entice the flesh, to entice the fallen flesh, to entice the fallen eye, but it always, church, it always carries with it destructive tendencies as well. Temptation does. It will always carry with it a destructive quality in the end. So I want to go back to the Word of God, okay? Let me just highlight a few things, okay, about temptation and about how temptation will promise so much, okay? It will promise so much, but it will let you down. And temptation, too, will glamour you. It will woo you. It will bring you in. It will woo you in, okay? Let's go there now. I want to pick up with the very first verse here of chapter 3. Listen to this, okay? Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, listen, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Did you hear the serpent there? Already tempting. You see, already tempting. What the serpent is doing is tricking Eve. The serpent is deceiving Eve about what God said to do and not to do. So the cunning serpent there has an agenda. He, he has a plan. Let me continue. Verse 2, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. You see, God gave specific parameters, specific boundaries for Adam and Eve, for this couple. You are to do this. You are to do that. Does that sound strict? Does that sound mean? Well, you can call it what you want, but God was 
ultimately setting up divine boundaries, okay? To protect who? To protect Adam and Eve from this very thing, from trickery, from deception, from falling or yielding into temptation. Boundaries, church, are good. Boundaries are important. I'm even making the case that boundaries are absolutely necessary for a good, healthy life. And God does that for Adam and Eve. Let me continue. 4a. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. There you go again. Okay. The serpent. The serpent's got an agenda, and it's not a good one. It's one of deception. It's one of trickery here. Watch that. Watch that in your own life. Temptation will do that. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Ah, did, did you hear how enticing that is enticing, glamoring to the eye and to the ear and to the fallen flesh. Let me just tell you, church, pay very close attention to what I'm going to say here because it's so true for any person of God. Church, if you give the devil an inch, the devil's going to take a mile. If you open that door just slightly for the devil to enter in, the devil will bust that door wide open. And the next thing you know, you are absolutely consumed in sin. And it will take over your life. And it will control you. And it will consume you. That's what's going on here if you give the enemy an inch, it's going to take so much more from you. Let me continue. Verse 6, listen to this. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant, ah, here we go again, this fruit, the serpent is making it so sound so good, so tempting, okay? Even the scripture says, hey, good for food that it was what? Pleasant to the eyes, glamoring, you see, the fallen eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise. There you go, enticing to the flesh. She took of its fruit and she ate. She also gave it to her husband, and he ate too. Pleasing to the flesh. Pleasing to the flesh. Church, hear me say this, okay? This is so key, and this applies to every day life, and it's simply this. Whether it be Satan himself whether it is the serpent in our scriptures, whether it is the corrupted, fallen world that we live in, we, these very things, the devil himself will always tempt you with things that are out, O-U-T, out of God's priority in our lives. 
Did you hear that? That's what was going on in the Garden of Eden. The serpent was tempting Adam and Eve with things that were out of priority in their lives. That's why God set those boundaries, you see. You are to eat of this fruit, you are to take from this tree, but not this tree. Because when you take of this tree, when you take from the world in this way, it only leads you down a path of destruction. And it will not only affect you as well when you do that, church. It will affect your spouse, it will affect your children, it will affect the people that you love and that you respect. This is a very destructive path when you and I are yielding to temptation. Just listen to this, verse 11, okay? It says this, and he said, this being God, who told you that you were naked? Now they can see. Now they can understand. They have fallen from innocence. They have sinned. They know now that they need clothing. Listen to this. Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded that you should not eat? They went beyond. They went out of those divine boundaries. You see, they went out of God's priority. And when you go out of God's priority for your own life, church, and you just live the way that you want to, or you live how the world wants you to live, how spiritually healthy do you think you're going to be and you're going to end up? You're not going to go very far, happy, spiritually healthy, and one with God. You can look at that kind of lifestyle, you can look at that way of life as, in fact, rebelling against God as well. Now, I want us to think about temptation in this way, and I'll, 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 I'll close, close our time together, okay? It's in Death Valley. Some of you I know have been there. You have visited that place to the west. In Death Valley, there is a place known as Dante's View, okay? Dante's View. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you've visited there. There you can look at Dante's View, down to the lowest point in the United States, a depression in the earth 200 feet below sea level called bad water. But from that same spot, you can also look up to the highest peak in the United States called Mount Whitney, rising to an enormous height of 14,500 feet. One way leads to the lowest point, and the other way to the highest point. From that point called Dante's view, any movement must be in one or the other direction. There are many times, church, think about this, there are many times in life when we stand where the ways 
part, do they not? There's this fork in the road, and you and I have to make a choice, okay? Do I go this way in life? Do I go that way in life? It is often easier, right? It's often easier to go downhill, okay, to go downhill than to walk the steady or maybe even rocky way back uphill. But the path, you see, church, the path that leads uphill, it leads us toward that holy place, the holy place called the cross. You see, it's an empty cross like we have here on our stage, and the one that walks beside us is the one who hung there and defeated that cross of death. So church, I want you to hear it again, okay? This quote from the preacher. Temptation will promise many things when you and I are vulnerable. When we're hungry, when we're sick, when we're tired, when we're alone, when we are wanting to do God's perfect will for our lives. When we yield to temptation and we sin, those promises, they will fall short. Now, having said that, I want to offer this good news, and then we'll close. The promise, the promise that is above all other promises, that is by no means broken, is simply this. It's Jesus Christ, who is the chain breaker that delivers us from sin and death. Church, that is a promise that we can stand upon and say, glory, hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, we often come to that fork in the road. Lord, in many different ways, we come to that split in the road, and we have to make decisions, and these decisions by no means are easy decisions. They're often very compl complicated. They're often very convoluted. Lord, we want, Lord, as believers who claim Jesus Christ to follow your way, which is the righteous way that leads to your son, Jesus Christ. So, help us do that, Lord, when we find ourselves at a fork in a road uh, and we are tempted, Lord, as a matter of fact, not just with one temptation, but many temptations, Lord, we pray the name of Jesus into that moment, into that temptation. If, if need be, Lord, let us flee from that temptation, Lord, so that we can always be of one mind and one heart with you. Forgive us, we pray, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for we want to be of sober mind, of purified mind and heart as we live for you each and every day. And we ask this now in the powerful and healing and saving name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.